Hello. Hi. I'm Alex. I'm Val. We're going to talk about Sopranos. <laughs> yes. This is from Where to Eternity. Season two. Episode, episode nine. Yeah. And very interestingly, this is actually the first one that we've had written by Michael Imperioli, who plays Christopher Moltisanti in the show. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Really good. Yeah, he's, he's a great writer. What a talented guy. Totally. Yeah, he's a guy who I'd like to sit down with and talk to him about his process and definitely especially like that kind of meta level like Christopher right. well, he's Christopher been... as a writer right and then right. like he's writing this episode and he's just been struggling with his identity you know we had that scene in, in a previous episode you know where he basically has to make a decision between returning to the family and Tony saying between that and whatever the fuck else is calling you out there mm-hmm. which we know is screenwriting and this you know development girl and, the, and Hollywood so it's interesting that then he comes back in this episode where Christopher is now been crippled and he's incapacitated basically from that decision of rejoining the mafia family right. and then being shot and yet he's the one who actually wrote this episode so yeah very no, interesting it's, cool. it's really cool um yeah i don't know what you want to do well i feel like in this episode there's a lot focusing on religion Mm-hmm. I feel like for me that's really at the center of the episode. Mm-hmm. So that kind of kind of came back time and time again. Religion and beliefs. Right. So I feel like a lot of the different characters have a different relationship with religion and beliefs and what they think will happen to them after they die. Right. So I feel like that really kind of permeated how everybody was interacting with what happened. Right. So... Do you want to talk about different characters then? Or? We could do that. I mean, and just in general, I mean... Even the uh, the imagery and the kind of symbols that are showing up, I feel like really represented. So even like right away in the episode, we have like basically all the female characters in the hospital, like very prominently showing crucifixes. They're wearing crosses, mm-hmm. whereas the guys aren't as much. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a difference in terms of interaction with Faith between the female and the male characters. Mm-hmm. And Carmela kind of has this arc of her religiosity in this episode where she's kind of trying to embrace it, come closer to God, use it to guide her. And yet at the end, maybe she kind of ends up where she started in a lot of ways. Maybe worse than when maybe she worse. started. Maybe worse. Do you know who the guy on the pin that they have on Christopher is? The guy on the pin that they have on Christopher. Yeah. He has this like medallion on him the whole episode. Nope. Who is it? Pope? Yeah. It's, a, it's a pope. <laughs> Do you the know pope? which pope it is? Uh, I'm going to be guessing based on when this was made that it's John Paul. The second, yes. Yeah. And I like the line where they say he got shot too and he's okay or whatever, right? So he actually did get shot right. as the pope. Right. That's why he they go in those pope bubbles. <laughs> the Pope Mobile. The Pope Mobile. Um, but I thought that was interesting that that remained on Christopher the whole episode, right? It's not even, it's like this like extra level. It's not even this like direct relationship with Jesus. It's like a relationship with the church. Right. And we see that with Polly mm. as well, right? That's right? We see how that has like these, and we've seen it before, like in college, for example, like how a relationship with a church doesn't necessarily mean your relationship with God. Yes. Um, But I thought that was interesting, just in terms of Catholicism and symbols. Definitely. Well, yeah, and the symbolism, I feel like there's a lot. So, like, immediately 
Adriana and Gabriella, Silvio's wife, you see them kind of together, both very prominently showing their crucifixes. Mm -hmm. Then Carmela and Gabriella both showing them. Uh, we have Carmela reading the Bible at the beginning of the episode, mm -hmm. which kind of morphs into her reading Memoirs of a Geisha mm -hmm. throughout the course of the episode. Which There's is... something to that that maybe we should go into later. Yeah, and I think, yeah. you know, we can get into that later. Even actually talking about her with a crucifix, there's a scene later on where she comes back to talk to Christopher and we can see, this is kind of, yeah, so we can see that there's a window that's kind of framing a crucifix in the background. Right, well I wonder so, if this was a Catholic hospital. It seems like it probably was. Because there's crucifixes everywhere. Yeah, there's crucifixes everywhere. But, so in that, in that scene, it's actually kind of like very prominently displayed. And then Carmela walks in and then she blocks it so mm -hmm. that it's actually out of the composition now there's mm -hmm. no there's no crucifix and actually she's holding her book at that point memoirs of a geisha mm -hmm. so there's this aspect of her kind of like coping with her relationship with religion but i think by the end when she kind of backs off of the vasectomy it's uh it's an interesting thing because first of all the idea of the vasectomy in the first place is kind of taking no accountability for one's actions. Even that idea in and of itself is kind of accepting the status quo and philandering and unacceptable Christian behavior, but it's kind of this like snip snip solution to it that's not really a solution at all. Mm. It's It doesn't solve the sin. Like the sin exactly. isn't getting someone pregnant. The that's sin right. is adultery exactly right right so it's a funny relationship that she has with it and obviously it needs to be a compromised relationship because she lives in soprano world mm -hmm. where morality is very questionable and you have to kind of sacrifice those values mm -hmm. in order to survive um but yeah i thought it was very interesting i mean there, there's so there's so much even like in those first scenes again like all these crucifixes and then you see the male characters not necessarily having them aj actually engaging with a game boy you see Christopher engaging with his morphine. Yeah. You know? Well, and and there is this, like, when Janice comes in, she's like, you need to be praying. Are you praying? Like, you got to pray. And then that came back again later on. Shoot. I can't see it in my notes. But there, there's some, like, another time where characters are told that they, oh, when Carmela's with Christopher. And when that scene you were talking about where she's yeah. blocking the crucifix, she's like, you have to, but you have to pray. Will you pray? Yeah. And then yeah, she pray starts with to me. pray, and he just falls asleep on well, his morphine. Well, he does Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and then he presses his morphine multiple times. She does the Father, Son, Holy yeah. Ghost. He doesn't. Yeah, he presses his morphine. Oh, I know. As opposed to making the points of contact, right. he'll push yeah. the morphine button. Yeah. You said he. He. That's all. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought there was a lot of direct talk to about relationship with God and religion, so... Melfi in that early scene engaging with Tony talking about hell. Do you think he's going to hell? Do you think you're going to hell? And he says, he's not going to hell. I'm not going to hell. It's business, basically. Right, we're, we're soldiers. soldiers. We follow orders. Now, I thought that that was fascinating because that doesn't really hold together because he's the one who basically gives the orders. Yeah. He's at the top of the power structure. Yeah. So that cheap rational rationalization of... I don't sin. I'm not going to hell. It's yeah, for the worst people. Yeah, saying he's not as bad as Pol Pot. Yeah, well, the the reality is he's the one who makes the orders and people follow him. So even by his cheap, shitty rationalization, mm -hmm. he would be going to hell. Mm -hmm. And so he really needs to question himself more in order to kind of have a coherent morality. 
Yeah, well, and Melfi, it's the first time she kind of, like, challenges him on that. She's yeah. like, well, what about what happens every day you wake up in the morning, yeah. right? Like, How does that connect to Italian immigrants? Right, exactly. Yeah. And also, I think, how does that connect to your sin, like, whatever, like, to being one of these guys, like, that you've listed, like, murderers and molesters and Pol Pot. Yeah. Right? Like, how is that different than when you wake up every morning and yeah. do what you do? Yeah. You know? Um, I thought that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Just to go back to the praying thing, though, I think it is, like, related also. Um, there's some interesting, like, when people, like, choose to talk to Jesus yeah. or whatever. That's interesting. Like, and it's mostly Carmela that we see doing this, right? We don't see Adriana praying. We see her wearing a crucifix, but we yeah. don't see her like praying. Yeah. She's crying and she's distraught. Um, we don't see the guys praying like pussies, like, oh yeah, good vibes only or whatever. Like he's, you yeah. know, positive vibes only, which is a funny thing yeah. to say. It's like kind of a hippie way of saying things like, positive yeah, vibes. positive vibes We're only. All the jazz musicians. They're all jazz musicians. They're all jazz musicians. <laughs> um, but then we have Carmela who is saying like, okay, Jesus, like I'm going to speak openly and honestly with you in full awareness of like my family's sins and this and that. Um, and so it's the first time where like her relationship to religion might be like it's most authentic, right? Yeah. It's no longer this like Father Phil garbage. Mm -hmm. um, I'm surprised we don't see him in this episode, but I like it because... He's the worst. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, she's actually saying, like, I know that, like, my family's, like, they're sinners. And, like, we're all, you know, not in your great good books. Yeah. But I I'm acknowledging that and I'm asking for your help. Um, the whole thing about giving Christopher vision is really interesting, too, because she that's what she, like, prays for, right? Yeah. So I don't know, like... There's something to that I can't quite figure out, right? Mm -hmm. But then she, like, Tony tells her a lie that Christopher had some dream that he saw Jesus and Jesus smiled on him. Right. And whatever, which is a lie. But she, like, thinks that she actually did something. She thinks that what she did worked. Yeah. Um, and it didn't really Right. No. <laughs> I mean, maybe it did. Maybe it did. It kept him alive. And, you know, Christopher's vision definitely does shift after this accident. Yeah. Um, it's, I feel like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of a bad omen, though. Like, the first yeah. action we see him taking now that he's brought back is to consciousness is yeah. pressing on morphine, lying there, and then totally. basically asking for Polly and Tony talking about this trip to hell or mm -hmm. purgatory. So I feel like in terms of foreshadowing, if we had to anticipate where this is going to lead Christopher, after these, like, rather pivotal moments in his life where he has to decide who he is, he's mm -hmm. having an identity crisis, mm -hmm. and he makes a choice, I feel like it's more of a bad omen than a good one, that he's going to come out of this and use it, as Carmela says, as an opportunity to repent yeah. and to recognize his sins. It's probably more likely that it's leading down a darker road. I would imagine so. I would imagine so. But who knows? But, but who knows? Maybe everything will be great. Maybe he'll become yeah. he's Pope. Like born, Maybe he'll make it to Pope. Born again Christopher. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. How about Polly? A lot going on with Polly in this oh, episode man. and his relationship with religion. I love the scene with the psychic. 
I think it's like it's amazing. It's really amazing, and yeah. I love how wigged out Polly is. Yeah, and I love how they do that kind of like shaky cam, like shaky camera pointing at nothing, right? Like kind of like it's like this like kind of floating orb kind of camera. Yeah, thing, and you you can even kind of feel like sucked into this, mm-hmm. like there's something there, right? Well, like, yeah. Um, I thought it was really interesting the way they dealt with empty space. Yeah. I feel like that nothingness, yeah. they give it value. Yeah. And the way that even they compose the frames, there's a lot of focus on empty space. And yeah. people are focused on it. And actually the psychic is recognizing what's happening in that empty yeah. space. Yeah, it's So really I feel like the well invisible done. is impacting Polly and perhaps impacting all characters in this show. Mm. So what happens out of sight and what exists still deserves attention and impacts all of the characters. Even in the end, like, Polly's almost upset with it. He throws a chair into the empty space, almost giving it kind of importance yeah. and value and fucking, existence. Fucking queers. Yelling fucking queers. <laughs> which is a great thing to call. Who Like, who's he calling? Nothing. Who's he calling a queer anyways? Dead Mikey Palmis, I guess. I guess. But that's pretty, like... Well, I they mean, give it a lot of value, actually. You almost have to watch the show and feel like the psychic is equally credible to any of the other kind of spiritual I, professionals I in mean, the episode. The, the impact on Polly is definitely real, yeah. right? Like, the impact on Christopher of having this dream slash, you know, encounter with the afterlife yeah. is real to him. Yeah. Um, I mean, Carmela feeling like she impacted the trajectory of Christopher's life or death is real. Yeah. Um, so it is kind of like if you believe in something, that's what makes it real. Yeah. If you don't believe in something, then I think that is, you know, like then you are kind of dealing with this big nothing. Yeah. Right? And so that can be equally kind of as dangerous, I think, for characters, even if they believe in something to my, you know, to in my opinion, kind of crazy or wacky. Yeah. Um, but the alternative, believing in nothing, yeah. is maybe scarier in yeah. some ways too, right? And definitely scarier for characters, yeah. I think. Like to believe in nothing is a pretty um, scary place. Yeah. You know, even having, you know, even Christopher having this idea and Polly's idea about purgatory and how you calculate purgatory is really funny. Mm-hmm. But like these are things that they can kind of like grasp onto at least, you know, for good or for bad. Um, but having nothing to grasp onto is yeah. Um, also has impacts. And then Tony talks to AJ, right? Like Tony talks to AJ about how he sees himself. He sees himself in AJ in these ways too, and how they deal with their emotions and how they like deal with the world. Um, and so that was kind. Of, I don't know in terms of like where we get our belief systems from is really yeah interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. How about or you know with Polly also like talking about symbols he's getting woken up at 3 a.m and then the wind chimes wind. Kind of keep on going so you know we've talked a lot about the wind in this show but that's now directly relating to death and the afterlife for him mm-hmm. and that's something that we've seen the wind in particular relating to death for lots of characters mm-hmm. that's almost like a just like a yeah a general symbol or just something that generally equates with mm-hmm. the afterlife that mm-hmm. now is being brought to Polly. 
he's kind of forced to reckon with it, right? Yeah. Which is really interesting because these characters are often able to avoid and not confront their feelings about these kind of complicated eternal questions. Mm -hmm. But now it's he's forced to reckon with it. Yeah. And actually, Tony isn't. He basically just shrugs it off. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's really interesting. Melfi kind of deals with it more so than some of the other characters. And even though she's not strictly talking about religion, she is talking about her role as, like, is she someone who's judging or is she treating? Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting in terms of, like, people's relationship to God as well. Like, seeing God as this judge, which people do, yeah. right? Of, like, who's good and who's bad and who goes to heaven and who stays in purgatory for yeah. 50 times their crimes or whatever, yeah. um, how long, or who goes to hell, right? Um, or you see God as this kind of like benevolent um, person who you can talk to and ask for help and who's like treating, right? Like yeah. Carmela's asking Jesus to not, I mean, to not judge her sins, but to help her anyways. Yeah. Um, and so Melfi's kind of going through this as well, right? And and Tony's pretty upset by this, right? He's like, you choose now to take a stand? Yeah. Like, when this is all going on for me? Yeah. And she's obviously, like, she, we see her then tearfully, mm -hmm. you know, kind of describing this. Also, the fact that she's brought to drinking, there's also this aspect of she's, like, brought down again by being brought mm. into Tony's orbit. Mm -hmm. Like, there's something unavoidable about the destruction of dealing with Tony Soprano mm -hmm. and that now she's kind of brought into this world of self-destruction. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's, there is also this aspect though of like faith, even like, like outside of the religious world, like Melfi has to have faith that she can treat Tony or faith in Tony that yes. he can change, right? Carmela has to have like the vasectomy thing is kind of like because she doesn't have faith in right. him, right? And oh, then, very interesting. Um, and so it is kind of this like treatment yeah. or band-aid for that. And we see, so we, you know, um, we see that come back at the end of the episode. I'm trying to see if I wrote anything down. No, I think I was I think I was just watching it because it's hard to <laughs> um it was such a great scene but you know like she, Tony's like what can I do what can I do and she's like you just have to prove it to me right and yeah. that's kind of like the like one of the huge um I don't know what the right word is like tests of faith right yeah. is like there's nothing that anyone can do to show you or prove to you um you know, the science of it, I guess, or um, the reality of it, like all you can trust is that it's going to be proven to you, yeah. right? And that's what faith is. It's kind of like blind, you know, um, blind following of yeah. something and just kind of having to trust in it, um, which is troubling in this world. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe that's what she has to do, right? Like, is there any other way for Carmela to kind of exist in this besides just like believing that Tony could change or believing that Tony is actually good? Mm -hmm. I don't know. One other thing on the religion thing is like when Polly then does go to his church, mm -hmm. right? So he really believes that because he's made these donations over time, um, that he has some kind of immunity. Yeah. Right. And he uses that word like that. It's it should give him immunity from these bad spirits following him around or yeah. whatever, that that should somehow solve it. 
Um, and we have the Polly's priest, who I guess is he doesn't go to the same church as Tony, I guess. Um, <laughs> who's also kind of like an equally useless kind of dude, it seems. But um, he makes this distinction between psychics and the church. And yeah. he's like, oh, you should have come to me first. You know, like um, it's this inability for people with these different viewpoints to see how there might be overlap in what in what they believe or right. overlap in what they do. Right. Yeah. Like it's these kind of like you have to be black and white on them. Dogmatic about, yeah. Dogmatic, yeah, it's a good word. Which is interesting, um, too, in the in the context of them being in the hospital, we also saw the Muslim family. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, there's a there's a, a kind of like a Muslim family that's also sitting in the waiting room, oh. which just kind of like interjects this reality that there are other belief systems right. that aren't even really touched on in this episode, but right. contradict yet still exist, the Christian Well, faith. we see that a little bit when Tony talks to Polly and he's like, if you were in, like, do you eat steak? Yeah. Right. And then, exactly. And, and so then they it are is eating. like, they they, and then eating. he and Pussy are eating right. steak, huge steaks. Yeah. Like enormous steaks. Yeah. Later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like that, it is. It's all relative, right? Like it all depends on your belief system and where you are and the belief system of other others around you. Um, just like Tony compared, you know, said that somehow he's different than Pol Pot. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. In some senses, he is like Pol Pot. And, of course, in some senses, he's not like Pol Pot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, is he better or worse than him? Depends on your perspective, I guess. (laughs) Pol Pot's pretty bad. Pol Pot's pretty bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tony's not great, though. No. (laughs) He's probably not quite Pol Pot. Uh, How about Pussy in this episode? I thought that there was some very interesting examples of establishing him as an outsider from the crew mm. there was a few things that i i really liked so in the scene where chris they say christopher's heart stopped right we have or sorry they're telling tony that christopher's heart stopped we have there's just like little things like sill polly all the others are looking straight at tony and pussy's kind of on the side looking down in a way mm. so everybody's focus is straight on tony mm. and pussy's kind of looking down and then similarly during carmela's monologue Right after that, we have Polly and Silvio really close to us, really close to the camera in the foreground. Pussy's looking away yeah. in the background. Yeah. Little things like that. Or even like when, when Pussy goes to meet Skip, he kind of walks by a bridge. Very yeah. similar, actually, to Christopher before he got shot. Yeah. So there's just like a lot of little things that are just kind of, they're just kind of isolating pussy from the rest in terms of the way that they're presenting him in the context of this family that I thought were yeah. really interesting. Yeah. No, the whole relationship between him and Tony and like the advice that Skip gives him, like treat him like you would treat a woman that you're trying to fuck or whatever, yeah. like make him love you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really interesting how pussy then goes about doing that, right? By like doing this very violent act with Tony, right? With going back to old times, going to this giant steak place together. Yeah. Um, We can see that that's something that genuinely, like, Pussy still is, you know, does love Tony and um, does see himself as part of this world, but then he also sees himself, obviously, as very much a part of it. And I think that question of, like, who's the one who's changed? Is it Pussy or is it Tony? Yeah is a good question. It is. Um, 
and I don't know what the correct answer is yeah. to that. But definitely, like, Pussy's got a lot more to deal with in terms of his, like, secrets and stuff like that. Definitely. I thought it was interesting, actually, like, right after the shooting, which it goes straight to Polly going to his church, and there's a focus on the church, and the overwhelming focus is brought to the stained glass. That's a pretty short scene. Polly leaves, who obviously has had a with different Jesus relationship. Yeah, he's, you know, kind of looking at Jesus. Jesus is looking, he's left with Jesus and that kind of like empty space. Mm-hmm. But he leaves, and then immediately we go to the stockyards, which is established through a shot. And then there's also kind of like these glowing neon signs in the front. There's just like those two kind of scenes are connected. And then Polly. Compared to Pussy and Tony, clearly are dealing with their faith and their belief in what the afterlife is very differently. And then I found that scene where they're, you know, devouring meat after mm-hmm. killing. There was also like, like the kind most of cardinal sin in there right? too. It it makes you think about what their value system is because they're happy. They're almost kind of like celebrating. It's almost like, and they're talking about you know I pop my cherry, which isn't about sex even. It's about killing somebody yeah like that is part of their worldview and their code yeah and that's something that they kind of celebrate so it is kind of like this yeah it, it's, well, it's almost weird. like going to church for them or something yeah there's also stained glass in that restaurant it's and weirdly it's like kind of like an irish type bar like yeah. it kind of has that vibe which is right. where of course which Chris also makes you wonder purgatory. if it's, it's almost like a reversed religion right it's yeah. almost like that hell yeah, well, something. exactly. So it's almost like, yeah. I mean, not like Satanism, but it's like anti-Christianity. Yeah. Like all of their values are Christianity flipped on its head. Yeah. And that when they go to the temple, they're almost going to what hell is. Yeah. Well, exactly. That's, that's what they yeah. engage in. Yeah. Um, also, I guess like the way that Tony deals with like who like popping his cherry, which is like. I really didn't like that turn of phrase in light of like kill it. Like it really made me uncomfortable, but like. Fair enough. Um, the way that Tony talks about this first person that he killed versus Polly's interaction with right. Sonny. Yeah. Whatever his name was, Sonny. Char- well, it was, it was a Charles Pagano or something. Yeah, who went yeah. by Sonny. Right. I don't think Pagano, but anyways. Um, I think you're just being racist. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Um, that like so he's obviously like that's something that really impacts him differently than Tony's recollection of like the first time he killed someone. Right. Right? Like Polly's kind of haunted by it versus Tony's kind of like celebrating it. Like it's some it's like right. a fond memory, like, oh, it's just like old times. Yeah. Like back when I popped my cherry. Right. Blech. It's pretty wild. Yeah. It's pretty weird. Yeah. Um Yeah. I was pretty fat I, I really enjoyed the interaction between Tony and AJ. Yeah. I thought that that was really interesting. It was awful, though. I mean, yeah. like... I mean, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. It's, I mean, a classic <laughs> well, I Sopranos. Mean, you really it's, enjoyed it. Yeah, but... <laughs> I really enjoyed that marvelous scene yeah. where I didn't Tony enjoy says it. that his son is his only fucking heir. <laughs> yeah, and look at him. Um, yeah. Well, so, okay, I thought, it, I thought it was really interesting because there's a few things. It's obviously horrible that he boils up and takes out his anger on AJ for, you know, and it's it's for dropping the past and that it's largely about consumption, which is clearly hypocritical because mm-hmm. clearly that's something that Tony struggles with and can identify is an issue for him. Right. Here's what I thought was really fascinating and very intentional. So when he goes to talk to AJ and he brings the pizza, 
It's very touching. It's a very human moment for Tony. In fact, one of the most human moments I can think of for Tony Soprano in the whole show so far. Mm. He actually comes out very humanized, very sensitive, very thoughtful. And you we, usually doubt Tony in those moments. You usually well, have Well, this an is issue. going somewhere. Okay. This is going somewhere. Okay. And it doesn't lead somewhere great. But, okay. <laughs> but I think that the way that he's presented, we can really empathize with him. And I think that, you know, our, like, our view of, like, his emotional quotient or something kind of goes up. Like, he's, he's thoughtful and he kind of makes amends and we see this kind side of Tony. Now, the irony is that he brings this whole pizza to have together. He gets the phone call. He just leaves it with AJ after blowing up on him about consumption. Mm -hmm. And AJ's just left eating a piece of pizza on his own. Mm -hmm. So clearly Tony is complicit in being a bad father and a bad role model. Mm -hmm. And that he comes and just gives him what he was criticizing him for. Mm -hmm. So it's insane. Now, where this gets really interesting is that when he goes with Pussy to see Matt Bevilacqua, again, we see this kindness. He also says you're a good boy. You're a good kid. Good kid. Those two scenes are very close together. And for me, that was pretty key because he's now using that kindness as a tool of manipulation. Mm -hmm. So you were saying, I often don't trust Tony. I actually did trust Tony when Mm. he was engaging with AJ, but I think he's also learned to weaponize that kindness. You're the best son I could ask for. (laughs) Well, yeah, but then he kind of like, he turns that. Yeah. So it's like, it's, he's such a monster, really. Yeah. That even that thing that we've learned to empathize with him for he actually is able to manipulate in a situation to get information from somebody before he kills him and then goes to celebrate. It's actually a new level of where Tony is. Yeah. In terms of what what kind of a monster he really is. I mean, yeah. we haven't, I don't think we, we've seen him just like murder somebody in cold blood up to this point. We have. He strangled. What's his face? That's right. But we haven't, right. That's right. So we, yeah, and that happened pretty early. But just, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there hasn't been that many. Well, he doesn't involve himself he all doesn't that much, involve, right? And that's like, himself. you know, thinking back to these good old days of when he used to kill people all the time with pussy or yeah. whatever, and they'd go have a steak after. Um, and then also, like, Chris's dream of, like, all the guys were wearing, like, old school suits and stuff like that, right? Like, there's something with that, like, this, like, good old days kind of thing. Yeah. Um is really tainted with vile, I don't know, with everything. I don't know how to really describe it. But, like, um, the fact that people could look back fondly on times where they've killed someone is terrifying. It is. You know? Um, And for, like, when, you know, we ask, like, who, you know, is Tony capable of change or who is Tony really? Um that's something you kind of can't leave out, right? That, like, he's someone who thinks back fondly on the good old days of him and Pussy killing someone for the first time. Yeah. It's really fucked up. Yeah, it is. It's really messed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have some other thoughts? Um, well, I just had something that I was laughing about. Okay. When... They're at the hospital and, like, the feds or whoever, the police are there, like, questioning the guys about um, the shooting, right? They're like, do you know this guy, Sean Giamonti? And all of them are like, no, we've never heard of him, which is funny because... Um, I could never remember that guy's name. So (laughs) I I kind of, like, believed, like... Isn't it Gizmonti? Is it Giamonti? (laughs) 
I'm not sure. Case, case in point. Yeah, like, again, like, kind of who He's cares? He's such a non-entity um, to them, yeah. But, yeah, like, it almost was like they didn't even know. Like, and really, like, a lot of them probably, like, never even encountered them, yeah. except for maybe at that poker game, for example, right? The executive so, game, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just thought that was funny. Um, I loved the scene when they talk about, um, like, Tony even says, like, someone's going to try to bring his ass, or, like, when they're talking about Matt Bevilacqua, yeah. they're like, someone's going to try to score points by, mm-hmm. like, bringing him to us within five days or whatever yeah. he says, right? And then, of course, that guy, like... For 20 bucks. For 20 bucks, gives oh over God. the information to Pussy. Um, Unbelievable. Also, like, Pussy's excited about that. He has his little, like, fist... Not fist bump. Like yeah, he's little, like, like, yes. His little, like, yeah. I want a tennis match. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got something. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, well, I'm going to say this. You might not like it, but, you know, like, we have to think about the fact that Pussy right now is working with the feds, and yeah. now he's just killed someone while he's working with the feds. That's so That's very relevant. Um, you know, he's kind of been avoiding these things for the past little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we know that just because he's working with the feds does not mean that he couldn't be in trouble for that. Yeah, of course. Um, so he's made a choice there. It's a choice about, like, developing that relationship with Tony. Yeah. You know, but um, I just wanted to point that out for the future. And they, they do kind of focus on that in that scene. I mean, Tony shoots first, and you can see Pussy is a little bit held back about yeah. shooting. Yep. So, Yeah. Yeah. Um... I thought it was really interesting, the very beginning of the episode, starting with a musical selection. Mm. So the way that that ties into the last episode, ending with no music, which is unusual for this show. But I thought that it was really interesting in terms of the way this show deals with form. So they're constantly playing with form and what you can do in a serialized TV show. Mm -hmm. So they can really draw out, you know, the form and the arc of the series and of seasons. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really interesting where they had this very abrupt end and we're kind of like snapshotted in, we're kind of like immediately our focus is brought to how surprising of an event this is. And then they kind of pick up from there. Yeah. So it almost like connects the two episodes it's in a way. It's almost like, yeah, the camera pan, because the episode, last episode ended with Tony looking at Tony being like, how could this have happened? Yeah. And it's almost as if we like pan back over to Christopher and then that episode starts. Like, yeah. it, you know. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it does connect them, and even the way they use music in the beginning, like that well, is they a use very... that song three times throughout it's a, the well, episode. Exactly. Yeah. It's a very typical TV device to you know use a song as during like a montage series segment or something. But the way they do it is they kind of start and stop it. So there's scenes, and then there's action and dialogue mm-hmm. and drama, and then it'll kind of come back, which is very unusual and kind of, again, gets to the way that they play with form. Now within the context of an episode. Right. So during a shorter amount of time, they kind of break down the way that things develop. I wish I had jotted down when the music was playing in the middle of the episode. What mm. scene is that during? Couldn't tell you. Uh, yeah, I should us. have written that Go down. Go back, watch it again, and let us know. Um... Yeah, this one was hard for me to, like, focus on actually, like, writing stuff down. I was, like, mm-hmm. so drawn into the action that – but that would have been something interesting, I think. And just, again, in terms of form or, like, what's being focused on Yeah. during that and time. And what does the use of music bring out? Yeah. Because that use of non-diegetic music in the show yeah. is rather unusual. Yeah. Well, we I don't mean, have any other music anyways in the episode, but yeah. usually It's not a device only... that the show uses no. very often. And it's very – it's, like, heightened drama. Yeah. And so, and it is a scene of heightened drama, you know, in the yeah, ER. But uh, we don't know what the middle scene is. It's okay. <laughs> <sighs> We've had lots of 
Lots of points. Lots of ideas. Mm. Um, what else do you have? Anything? That's, those are my thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Well, an amazing episode. We're getting near the end of season two. Yeah. And it's an amazing season. This is, uh, a, but this isn't a particularly amazing episode. Like, yeah. I just feel like the character development that we have here, and like the knowledge of these characters, and you know, really more about who they are, yeah. is really deepened by and this also, episode. Because yeah. knowing knowing a character like on a spiritual level, totally, is pretty. It's pretty sophisticated. Yeah. And also, it's not just like introducing this aspect of spirituality no. and examining in a very kind of like surfacey way what's their relationship with spirituality. It's already built on previous episodes yeah. that have done that, and it's actually going even further. Yeah. So it's, well, it's showing the, change in some ways. Yeah. It's, it's taking yeah. the the character aspects that have already been examined, and then building up from that foundation, mm -hmm. reinforcing the ideas that were already presented, mm -hmm. like in college with Carmela. Yeah. It's like a deeper layer of their relationship yeah. and the hypocrisies and the realities of how they engage with spirituality. Yeah. Very interesting. So, I mean, will Tony be faithful to Carmela? Definitely. Will Christopher not Become use Pope? morphine anymore? Yeah. yeah, I think he'll, I think he's gonna become Pope. Will AJ yep. lose a bunch of weight? Totally. Stop eating pizza. Um, Got some more? Will, will Christopher's mother start waking up for breakfast and bring him breakfast? Yeah, see, even that, just like that little scene, right? Like where you find out a tiny bit about Christopher's childhood. Yeah. You get this like little insight into her being kind of like a crazy person. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, what else? Will Polly weirdly be like this weird Uncle Polly to this woman and her family? That actually seems rather promising. Yeah. He was pretty sweet. <laughs> nice guy. Um, Will he stop having nightmares? Three o'clock. <laughs> Three o'clock. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Well, <laughs> so many questions to answer, yeah. and they all seem well, so like great. The answer is no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the answer is no. Thanks for listening, and Bye. we'll be back soon.